Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 84, and um, I'm going to start a little bit differently. We're going to start with the uh, Kiri, and we're going, we're going to go into the readings. Uh, I really want to read this. This is uh, uh, the reading for Monday, the 26th week of Ordinary Time. So let's begin. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Come Holy Spirit, come. And fill the hearts of your faithful. Open to us the, the sacred word of God. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us. All right. The first reading is from the book of Job. Chapter 1, verse 6 to 22. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. A reading from the book of Job. One day, when the angels of God came to present themselves before the Lord, Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, Whence do you come? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From roaming the earth and patrolling it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job, and that there is no one on earth like him? blameless and upright, fearing God and avoiding evil. But Satan answered the Lord and said, Is it for nothing that Job is God-fearing? Have you not surrounded him and his family and all that he has with your protection? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his livestock are spread over the land. But now put forth your hand and touch anything that he has, and surely he will blaspheme you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power, only do not lay a hand upon his person. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And so one day, while his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in the house of their eldest brother, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing, and the asses grazing beside them, and the Sibians carried them off in a raid. They put the herdsmen to the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, another came and said, Lightning has fallen from heaven and struck the sheep and their shepherds and consumed them and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three columns and seized the camels and carried them off and put those tending them to the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, another came and said, Your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in the house of their eldest brother when suddenly a great wind came across the desert and smote the four corners of the house. 
It fell upon the young people, and they are dead, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job began to tear his cloak and cut off his hair. He cast himself prostrate upon the ground and said, Naked I have come forth from my mother's womb, and naked I shall go back again. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this Job did not sin, nor did he lay nor did he say anything disrespectful of God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Talk about one bad day for Job. Not just one thing happened, but almost like four four things, right? I mean, he, he lost uh, everything, and on top of it all, on top of all the livestock, camels, servants, sheep, I mean, you know, having uh, raiders come and take away your 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 sheep and your camels, and then um, uh, lightning coming down from the sky, and then suddenly, you know. <laughs> uh, a wind, a storm comes and knocks the house down and kills his his children. I mean, that's what made him crack. That's what made him... That was the straw that broke the camel's back. That was it. His children. And the devil simply thought because it was all shallow materialism. He, it's true, he was rich. He had property he had land but more importantly to job was his family his family was the most important thing everything else was worth was was worthless you know it was meaningless if he didn't have his children you know his land by itself is worth nothing if you have nothing if you don't have anyone to pass it down to his family was important to him. His children. That was his whole world. His family. That was the most important thing. And, and what did he say? He didn't curse God. Naked I came from the womb, and naked I shall return back. Right? Naked I came forth from my mother's womb, and naked I shall go back again. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Not, he isn't talking about just his mother. He's talking about the fact that he's dust and ashes. That he will return back to the mother of all, of all things, the earth, the ground. But he didn't curse God. He didn't blaspheme God to his face. No, he refused to. He was he refused to some people would think that's not normal. You know, like we a couple of days ago we talked about, you know, the passage where our Lord was asleep in the boat and there was a storm. And you know that saying that we hear all the time from from unbelievers, non religious people, people who hate religion. Where was God in all of this? What happened? Did he fall asleep? Well, it literally in that case, 
Jesus of Nazareth was taking a nap on a pillow, on a cushion, on a couch, in the back of the boat while there was a storm. Of course, the lesson for that is that God never truly sleeps. He was in control regardless when it doesn't seem like God is here. And what was his answer? Why did you have little faith? Before he cured, before he got rid of the storm, be still, be quiet. And the only answer was, who is this that controls the wind and the sea? He's God. He's God. And yes, he was taking a nap on the couch, on a pillow, in the midst of a storm. The storm itself represents chaos, anarchy. The, the boat represents the church. And I don't mean to go into that. But in this case, here we have an individual. And we're all individuals. Every single one of us, we all have turmoil and trouble in our lives. Tragedies. And we all have bad days. Some more than others some even far worse than others. Other people suffer tragedies like war, genocide. They, wipe, they watch their whole family wiped out. They lose their whole world. Some suffer it by drugs and alcohol and gambling and scandal, divorce. And like I said, others by war. Some wind up facing a terminal illness, a disease. Maybe they're told they have very little time left. Some even lose their child. They lose their, 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 their relative. Frightening and tragic, right? I mean, we all don't want to think about it, but we all know we've suffered these things. Job suffered a lot. All the other stuff was minute. They could be replaced. He can replace them. Of course, not the servants. We don't want to, we don't want to minimalize the life of the servants, but that was tragedy for him. The servants were his, were part of him, were part of his household, his family. On top of that, he lost his children. And on top of that, he doesn't realize that now he has a target on his back. He didn't even know he had one. The devil wants to target him. God himself is not cruel. God permitted it. His permissive will. Job's faith was going to be tested. Job's faith was going to be put to the ultimate test. And we all are going to go. We're all going to go through a crucible. That's another way of saying we're all going to go through, a, 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 you know, which is basically a cross that we have to do. We have to carry our cross and we have to endure. Now, was this a true story? I, I, I technically believe it is. Uh, I, I, I do believe it's a true story. And I believe it was written down for a lesson. Notice in this story, if you read the book of Job, you'll find out that he does not have. I mean, he doesn't mention the name of Israel. Doesn't mention Abraham. Doesn't mention David, doesn't mention Moses, doesn't mention any of the prophets, doesn't mention it. But it is it is definitely taking place in 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 it, what would today be Mes uh, Mesopotamia, Iraq and Syria. 
a place where Abraham came from. Heck, for all we know, this could be a relative of Abraham. For all we know, who knows? But the beautiful thing about it is, this is the challenge. This is something. You know, Padre Pio believed that the cross, suffering and agony, brings us closer to God. It basically transforms us into the image of the, of, of, of the Son of God. The, the suffering and the agony it has, a, has, has a purpose to it, to make us more like Him. To make us more, to make us reflect him even more. It is a furnace. It's fire. It's divine fire. It's holy fire. It's sanctification. And we have to learn how to suffer. In this generation, we complain about suffering. All right, let's move on to the next um, reading. Psalm 17. Incline your ear to me and hear my word. Incline your ear to me and hear my word. Hear, O Lord, a just suit. Attend to my outcry. Hearken to my prayer from, from my lips without deceit. Incline your ear to me and hear my word. Incline your ear to me and hear my word. Incline your ear to me and hear my word. From you let my judgment come. Your eyes behold what is right. Though you test my heart searching in the night though you try me with fire you shall find no malice in me incline your ear to me and hear my word incline your ear to me and hear my word incline your ear to me and hear my word i call upon you for you will answer me o god incline your ear to me hear my word show your wondrous mercies o savior of those who flee from their foes to, from, from their foes to refuge at your right hand. Incline your ear to me and hear my word. Incline your, hear, your ear to me and hear my word. Incline your ear to me and hear my word. I will call upon you for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me and hear my word. O Savior of those who flee from their foes to refuge at your right hand. It's obvious that from a a orthodox perspective, the Psalms all speak about Christ. The Psalms all speak about Christ, as well as all the Old Testament books. Job is a type picture of Christ. It's a proto-image of Jesus. And Job basically, not a perfect one, because none of the characters in the Old Testament are ever, are ever perfect. They're they're. They're a type figure, they're a typological figure, but they're not Christ. None of them are. But the Psalms and everything is pointing to Christ. They speak of him, they speak of his word, they speak of his challenges. They give us a characteristic of Jesus. The prophets and the Psalms completely give us a characteristic of Jesus' personality. And that's what's important. All right. Okay, so let's move on to the next reading. Alleluia, alleluia. This is from Mark 10, chapter 10, verse 45. The Son of Man came to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Alleluia, alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The one who is least among you all 
from the one who is least among all of you is the one who is the greatest. Luke chapter 9, verse 46 to 50. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Amen. Glory to you, Lord Jesus. An argument arose among the disciples about which of them was the greatest. Jesus realized the intention of their hearts and took a child and placed it by his side and said to him, and said to them, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. For the one who is least among all of you is, a, is the one who is the greatest. Then John said in reply, Master, we saw some casting out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he does not follow in our company. Jesus said to him, Do not prevent him. Whoever is not against you is for you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, it's short, so I want to read it one more time. An argument arose among the disciples about which of them was the greatest. Jesus realized the intention of their hearts and took a child and placed it by his side and said to them, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. For the one who is least among all of you is the one who is the greatest. Then John said in in reply, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he does not follow in our company. Jesus said to him, Do not prevent him. Whoever is not against you is for you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. So an argument broke out among them, arose among them, among the disciples, about which of them was the greatest. Jesus realized the intention of their hearts. And he took a child and placed it by his side and said to them, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. For the one who is least among all of you is the one who is the greatest. So he realized the attention of their hearts. Okay. They wanted, they wanted to, they wanted to, uh, to raise themselves up as, as power. They wanted authority and power and the fame that came with it. Jesus realized the intention of their hearts. And so he decided to bring a child and in a sense, completely sidelines them, completely shame, puts them to shame. And remember, you know, we're not, we're during the 21st century, and we're dealing now with all the, the, the sexual abuse scandals. And because the intention of their hearts was power, they're materialistic. Their attitude is materialistic. What we just read in Job, Job didn't break out because of the loss of all his children. He didn't break out the loss, I mean, I mean, he broke out for the loss of his children, excuse me, I, I misspoke. But what I'm saying is he didn't break out for the loss of his property, the loss of his sheep, his flock. It was the loss of his children that, that, that struck him in the heart. Job was not a materialist. 
Everything else was a means to take care of his family, was a means of, of, of taking care. And I'm sure he gave a lot to the poor. I'm sure he had enough to give away to help those who are less fortunate. But the, in, the, the intention of his heart, well, he always put God first. Even for the tragedies that come in his life, he put God first. He didn't turn on God. He didn't understand God's intentions, what God has for him. But he knew that it, it, God was everything. So you can imagine what's happening here is that here we have a world where the apostles simply saw did not see Jesus. They saw power. Jesus confronts them by bringing a child. And the child isn't just about the child. It's about having faith of a child, trust of a child. That even a bishop has to have faith and trust of the elderly, of, of, of the weakest. I mean, that's that's the whole purpose of it. The whole purpose is faith. Everyone is poor if you don't have Christ in your life. It doesn't matter if you have money. It doesn't matter of your political power. It doesn't matter of your your status in society, whether you're born a king or you're born to another family. Everybody is poor. Everybody's poor in God's eyes if you don't have salvation. You need that. That is more important than wealth. That is more important than any of those things. Anyway, um, let's end it here. All right. I um, I know I should talk some more, but I really wanted you to think about it a little bit more to really see see where how Jesus can combats them. He he combats the the greed of the of the disciples by placing a child in front of them. That's, that's, that's the way it is. That's the way they, materialistic people think. All right, let's end it here with an Our Father. All right, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you for this moment. God bless.